Well, good morning, good morning. This is Coffee with Carol. And today I wanna to talk about communication, specifically, I think, a written communication. Um, have you ever been in a situation where you sent a text message or you sent an email and then the response back was something totally different and you had to say, well, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant at all. And so sometimes when we write things or when we read things, we take on a different meaning based upon our bias, based upon what we think as um, correct or right in our own minds and based upon our opinions, based upon our experiences, based upon our perspective, we, we take in information and we read it wrong or we take it wrong. And at the same time, when we are writing and we are putting that information out there, sometimes it can be misunderstood because the other person's perspective is, is off, right? So, you know, I, I think about God's word and God's word is very clear. <laughs> it's very concise and it's very descriptive. But I think that what happens is that sometimes we take things out of context because we want it to say a certain thing or we want it, we want to believe it says a certain thing to us. And so in some ways we we change the meaning. And I I wonder if God's sitting there going, that is no, that's not what I meant. No, that's that's not it. I think if we look at learning how to read, when we learn how to read, when we are taught how to read and we get to a word that we don't understand, what are we told to do? We're told to look a little bit before and a little bit after and read those things and see if we can't make sense of it because there are contextual clues. When we look at scripture, if we take a scripture out of context and we don't look at what's written before it, what's written after it, we can sometimes put ourselves in a little bit of an interpretation predicament. Um, we start to rationalize things and we, you know, we take it out of context. So I want to talk about this and the mis you know, misinterpretation of the word um, and, and how we're not supposed to look at the, at the word of God and try to make it conform to our opinion. Um, we're not supposed to look at the word of God and use it to judge another person. Um, we're not supposed to take the word of God and try to make it fit into our worldly thinking, but rather be committed to understanding what God's opinion is of the world and of that situation. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture is breathed out and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All scripture. The other thing that I think is important is if you take a verse out of context, then you probably can't find that same context somewhere else. And one of the things about God's word is that if you read something over here in Isaiah, you probably will find something similar 
in Proverbs, find something that matches up in John. You know, like you see some similarities in the scripture because everything kind of goes together and he has one meaning that he wants us to take away from it. Jeremiah 29 11 is probably one of the most misused scriptures. Many of, of my clients and many people that I've talked to, they look at Jeremiah 29 11 and they say, you know what, for God is, you know, promising me a, a, a future full of hope and, and abundance and, and good things that he has plans for me and the plans are really, really good. And they look at it in a materialistic way, that, that prosperity. He, his, he has plans to prosper me, to give me hope and a future. And that sometimes makes one think that life is void of challenge, that, that the, the future is gonna be bliss and that you're gonna be financially abundant, right? But that's not what that scripture means. And so I want to talk about that because contextually, when we look at this, this, this was God's word to the Israelites who were exiled because of their disobedience, because of their idolatry, they were exiled. And so God in this verse in Jeremiah 29, 11 is, is reassuring them that he's got them that he has a plan for them, that he fully intends on bringing about his will in their lives. And that when they turn and they focus on him, that he will provide them with an abundance of peace in all storms of their life, uh, of their lives and give them hope when they feel discouraged. It's, it's really a verse that, that tells us that despite our shortcomings and our sins, that if we depend on him and we seek him, that he promises to hold us up no matter what the challenges are, no matter what we face, that he'll be, be right there beside us full of mercy and grace. Prospering in the world's eye is success and financial wealth, but that's not the prosperity that God is giving us. That is not the same prosperity, okay? His prosperity is peace, 100% peace, no matter what is going on. John 14, 27 says that he gives us a peace, not as the world gives, right? He gives us a peace but it's not like the, anything that we've ever seen before. Philippians 4 verse 7 says it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. Like you're not even going to understand what this peace is. I want you to consider for a minute what it would feel like if in the midst of all your trials and tribulations, in the midst of, you know, death and financial ruin and illnesses and all kinds of challenges that we have in our lives that you had 100% peace, that it didn't matter, that you just felt okay, that everything was good. 
Imagine what that could be like. That's the prosperity that God wants you to have. So when he says that, you know, he know, you know, for I know the plans I have for you, says God, plans to prosper you, to give you hope, to give you a future. He's saying, no matter what's going on, if you will just depend on me 100%, I'm going to make everything okay. No matter what you're dealing with, you're going to have peace, peace that surpasses all understanding, peace that is, is nothing like what the world can give. That's what he's talking about. That's different. Another verse I think that um, we, we like to take out of context is Matthew uh, 7, 7. And, and Matthew 7, 7 is, is basically, you know, if I pray for it and I ask God for it, then I can get it. You know, just ask, knock, and the door will be open. You'll get it, right? It's, it's something like we, we sort of think it's like placing an order on Amazon. I like this. I'm going to order it and it'll arrive. Well, unfortunately, that's not it at all. If we go a little further and we look at verses 9 through 11, the summary of that is, is that you won't necessarily get what you are asking for, but you certainly won't get something bad. You won't get something, you won't ask for fish and get rocks, you know? He's, he's not going to give you something bad. Your father is always going to give you good things. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. This is not, this verse is not like a genie in a lantern or a wishing well or a lottery ticket. You know, this is where you have a relationship with someone who is your father. You ask him for something and he says, hmm. I'm going to give you something, but it's not going to be exactly what you're asking for, but it's going to be really good. And it's what you need, not necessarily what you want. This is not to say that we don't want to ask big. We want to be bold in our asking. We want to ask him for every single thing that we want. We want to come to him like a child and ask him for all the things that we want and desire. But what we have to remember is that the outcomes, the actual receiving of that gift, the actual gift itself may not be or may not look like what we asked for, but we are going to love it and it's going to be perfect for what we need. We have to have a confidence that he's going to take care of us, that he's going to give us always going to give us the best. So I want to ask you, what other verses are you maybe taking out of context? Are you misinterpreting where God is saying, mm, no, that's not quite what I meant. If you ask God to reveal truth, you ask him for wisdom in understanding the scripture, he will give it to you and you will be amazed at what learning, you know, learning what he really wants for you is going to do for your life. God does the how, you do the do, make it an amazing day, and let's work on our communication. All right? Take care.